Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Thursday. It is April 13th. I hope uh, you wind down your taxes. They're due in five days. Uh, but uh, hey, other than that, yesterday we just couldn't quite get in the green uh, when it comes to the markets. We'll talk about that more when Dave joins us here in just a few seconds. Before we do that, though, let's not forget that there are so many things in this world that uh, we just cannot control. However, you can control things in your retirement portfolio like risk. How much risk do you have? How much risk should you have? These are the things that you can control. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement analysis where we'll help you analyze your, your risk and make sure you're on the path for the retirement you always dreamed of. And with that, we got Dave coming up next. Here it's 20 before nine at your 105.7 light FM. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Oh, wrong Duran Duran, right? Good morning. Time to check in on your finances and see what's going on on Wall Street. Yesterday was a roller coaster. We started out with good news, and then the Federal Reserve minutes used that dreaded R word. You know, recession is a four letter word. And then this morning, we got another roller coaster upward a little bit. Let's find out what's going on. Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services is on the phone with us. And, uh, Philip, I'm looking at the producer price index numbers and uh, wholesale inflation. I'm, I'm sorry, my bull crud detector is going off. How about yours? Yeah, I mean, to have that big of a decline year over year, it just doesn't really, um, doesn't weigh in very well right now. Somebody in the statistics department decided the administration needed a bump in approval ratings. Uh, the number came out this morning, wholesale inflation, get this, da 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 da, -da, -da fell by five-tenths of a percent last month, which gives us a year-over-year -year number for wholesale inflation. This is not consumer inflation. I'm sorry. The price of eggs are leveling off, but they're still way too high. 2.7% uh, annualized producer price index inflation. And if you look at that on its face and you took it to the bank as gospel truth, if I were on the Federal Reserve, I'd say, well, we might be overreacting a little bit. It might be time to slack off on the interest rates, which I don't believe is going to happen. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. I definitely don't think that's going to happen yet. Uh, I, I hope that within this next um, three or four months that we will see it finally level off. It would be nice. Yeah, the other half of the report for wholesale inflation, just to give us a balanced picture, uh, the core number that includes that uh, excludes the variable stuff that goes up and down. Uh, core was up by a tenth of a percent, but they still revised the annual rate downward to 3.6% from 45 and I don't really understand how that math can happen, but nevertheless, it does indicate that we're slacking off a little bit, and inflation is at the very least uh, leveling off, and that's good news, even though I'm not necessarily sure I buy the overall numbers that we're getting out of the government this morning. Well, and I'm going to tell you, I don't think the traders are buying it either. I mean, we're not seeing, like yesterday, we saw some big jumps, right, when the numbers yeah. came out, um, you know, up to the 200 on the Dow. But we're not seeing that today. I mean, we're seeing the, the Dow jumped up to maybe 50, and now it's declining back down to 38, down, up 38. So nothing's really excited about these numbers. So I, I think that they're reading between the lines like you are. 
Yeah, that's just it, it. It doesn't make sense to me. We've been going at four, four and a half, five percent inflation numbers, both CPI and the PPI, the wholesale inflation. To suddenly one month, hey, prices dropped a half a percent. What a concept! Deflation's happening. I, I'm sorry. There's something missing in that figure, and I'll bet you a nickel we're going to see a revision come out with the next month report. How about you? Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking so because that, that's just such a big. Um a big drop. Absolutely. Uh, backing up a little, well, one other uh, thing out of the government data dump this morning, first-time unemployment claims, our usual Thursday report, uh, the number ends up coming up to it looking like a normal economy, uh, increase of 11,000 first-time jobless claims last week. We came out with a total of 239,000. That's by standards for the last oh, year or two. Uh, that's a monstrously high number, but again, you got to keep in perspective. That's getting into the neighborhood of what the normal sifting and winnowing in a normally functioning economy is. About a quarter million is normal, so we're starting to act like a normal economy on the employment front, which is another thing the Fed's been watching, and it shows, uh, at the very least, movement in the direction they're looking for. So, by and large, I'm coming up with relatively good news out of this morning as far as the macro basis is concerned. Yeah, it is looking like it. I mean, the initial jobless claims did rise, um, and they rose more than what the um, a lot of analysts expected. So not not by a lot, right? Just a little bit, but still um, definitely going the right direction for the Fed, and um, and and really probably the right direction for um, some of our economy as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to uh, cheer for unemployment, and I'm certainly not. But on a, a macro basis, we still have eight, nine jobs open for every unemployed person in the country. It might not match up on skills, but somewhere down the line, the number of openings and the number of people looking for them got to get somewhere close to being in the same zip code. And this is progress at the very least in that direction at the very least. So from the Fed standpoint, it ought to look pretty good. And that's good news because... Yesterday afternoon, about 2 p.m., they released the minutes of last month's Open Market Committee meeting, and they used a four-letter word, recession. And uh, for an economist, that's the only language in which recession is a four-letter word. We skyrocketed after the consumer price index numbers came out, climbed through the day, and then the Fed minutes came out, and all of a sudden we fell like a rock and ended up negative for the day. That was not what we had in mind. No, it wasn't. And, and I got to tell you, Dave, I, I like how the Fed throws the blame to somebody else, right? They blame the banking crisis to cause a recession this year. Um, really? Uh, I, I, I would think that they need to look inward and blame themselves because they're the ones that caused the banking crisis. For well, I was going to say, uh, so, you know. I was gonna say, yeah, the banking crisis may be causing it, but they caused the banking crisis. So your point's taken. I've, I've been following that, just waiting for the scapegoat du jour. Whatever the press buys into and runs with will become the scapegoat for the banking crisis. I mean, one time they did it to management, and then, oh, nope, that didn't stick. So now we're going to blame it on... Uh, Something else, consumer panic was another try. And, you know, every time they throw out another scapegoat for what caused the Silicon Valley Bank to fail, uh, the press ends up poo-pooing it, and they come up with another scapegoat. Yeah, exactly. The Fed. The Fed is who caused it all, and, uh, you know, they don't want to be the scapegoat. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter how big a governmental unit gets. They're still going to look for somebody else to blame. I mean, that's why we're... 
you know, Trump spent half the time blaming the world on Obama, and uh, now Biden is spending his term blaming the whole world on Trump. We can't ever take blame, can we? No, absolutely not. <laughs> aren't, aren't we just cynical this morning? Earnings season begins in earnest tomorrow. We get a flood of financials coming in. J.P. Morgan, United Health, as kind of an outlier. Wells Fargo, City, PNC, BlackRock, all going to start reporting tomorrow. So we're going to have a ton to talk about. But Delta has kind of become the first release of earnings season every year. How did they end up doing? You know, they didn't have a really good quarter day. They missed uh, earnings by about five cents a share. They missed revenue um, by a little bit. Um, but um, but they came out and everybody loves what they're talking about this next quarter, the second quarter. They expect to see sales increase by 15 to 17 percent over last year. Um, and that's huge. Because that's a lot more than the analysts expected. They expected a little more than 14%. So um, good things there. They expect earnings to be somewhere about $1.60 six next year. I mean, next quarter. So, you know, they're expecting record advanced bookings for the summer. I mean, they're already seeing that. And so that's helping their stock this morning up 2.9, almost 3% this morning, uh, up a dollar a share right now. So Good and that's for- helping the other that's helping the other airlines as well. Uh, United and American, uh, they're kind of on the backs of uh, Delta. United's up almost three percent, and Americans up two percent. So everybody's kind of getting a little bit of a bounce off of Delta's um, outlook. Good news for airline shareholders. It just kind of indicates that they can double the airfares and uh, still actually uh, keep us climbing on the planes in droves. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's bad news for you and I, the consumer, because, man, yeah. they, they are jacking, jacking up the airline prices right now. Yeah, my initial gut reaction when you said they missed this quarter, I said they're charging twice as much. How in the heck could they possibly miss a number? Yeah, I agree, but they blame it on the pilots. They um, struck a new contract with their pilots, and um, and that, that caused them to uh, miss on earnings. Well, at least they didn't blame it on the banking crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Cynical much this morning, am I? I don't know. Uh, resetting the table for the morning. It ended up being an off day yesterday on Wall Street after, a, like I said, they used the R word in the Federal Open Market Committee minute, meeting minutes. $38 down on the Dow, 17 down on the S&P, and it went down 102.5 points. That's uh, 85 hundredths of a percent on the NASDAQ exchange. 45 minutes before we open this morning, Philip, what are we looking at? Well, we are uh, bouncing back up a little bit right now, Dave. The Dow is up uh, a little over two-tenths of a percent. That's $75. S&P 500 is up a third. That's $14. And the NASDAQ 100 is up a half a percent. That's $65. So things are are bouncing up from where uh, we first started talking about. On the other side, we got silver up over 1.6% to $25.87 an ounce. We've got gold up 1.5% to $2,055. And crude oil, though it's higher than where it was yesterday when you and I spoke, it's down a half a percent right now from close at $82.88 a barrel right now. Yeah, I'm noticing the price difference between Brent crude, which always runs higher, and regular crude. 
that price difference is narrowing. It's bad. If you want proof that it's the OPEC production cut that's driving the price of oil up, that's probably the best indication. Normally, there's 5 or $8 between the two. Now we're down to about $4 between Brent crude, the, quote, premium stuff, and the, uh, and the OPEC stuff. I, uh, I, I hope we're at least establishing a trading range at a higher notch level now. Uh, yeah, I, I know. But everything I'm reading says expected 100 to 135 dollars a barrel by the end of the year. Oh, poop! <laughs> Don't want to hear that. Overseas <laughs> markets, the Asian rim market was mixed. The Japanese markets and the uh, Hong Kong markets, up mainland Chinese markets, off by a little bit. Europe is looking at our inflation numbers and saying, "Oh, okay, markets there are fractionally up midway through their day." Uh, somebody needs a plan to be able to get a retirement going as herky-jerky as the markets are these days. How do I find you to get that plan so I can make my retirement happen the way I hoped it would? Absolutely, Dave. We've developed our core retirement design. Give us a call for our core retirement analysis where we'll help you analyze the risk in your portfolio, put together some tax planning for you as well as income planning for retirement. That way you have the retirement you always dreamed of. The number is 863 863- 382-0037. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And one more time to tie the ribbons on the week tomorrow morning, same time here on Light. Philip, you have a good day and I appreciate it. All right, man. You too. Be well, my friend. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Remember Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that uh, you've had a great week. Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, Join us again tomorrow, same time, same place. Until then, have a great day.